welcome to the Heat Check Podcast, Miami Herald's Miami Heat Podcast. I'm David Olson. I'm joined, as always, on the other line. He's an all-star reserve in my heart. It's Anthony Chang, our Heat beat writer here at the Herald. Anthony, what's going on? What's up, David? I, didn't you say I should win the Jerry West Award this year? I did say you should win the Jerry West Award. You're doing as much clutch work. Honestly, you're like might lead the league in clutch games, right? Because like Jimmy and Bam and like you know guys take games off. Yeah, one you're, of us. Ira Winderman, me or me, one one of us has to have or be leading the league in just clutch games as far as covering them and not and also like being a part of them, right? Yeah, like, I mean when you're covering yeah. a clutch game, we don't need to get We're a part of it. This, but yeah. you're part, I mean you're writing on deadline. You're you're trying to beat the buzzer. I would argue it's harder than actually playing in a clutch game. Yeah, probably. <laughs> no possessions off in a clutch game, and uh, no, in, no. Uh, when you're trying to write. Uh, no control over it either. So like. Yeah. It makes it easy. Uh, uh, he'd had another clutch game last night, speaking of which, uh, although you were actually not at this one, so your no. town is getting hurt by that Barry Jackson yeah. on the road. Uh, I don't know. It was in Cleveland. Where did they play? I don't even remember where they play tomorrow. But, um, New York. New York, right. In New York now. Yeah. Um, another big game, um, but a, a really big win for the Heat um, on Tuesday yes. night. Uh, not always the prettiest performance at the beginning of the fourth quarter. I don't think either team scored for about like four minutes. It just felt like it was stuck on like 81, 79 or whatever it was for like, uh, like five minutes. Uh, but the heat pulls it out in the end, some big plays down the stretch. Um, obviously Jimmy hitting some clutch shots, bam on the boards. Uh, you wrote about that. Was that last week about how the rebounding is kind of becoming a, uh, yeah. Sneaky little strength for this team. Bam, really good on, on the boards against, obviously, a team with some really good big men. Um, and the Heat, as we talked about last week, keep charging up those Eastern Conference standings. Um, but I think most importantly from last night, it was another you – know, the Heat only score 100 points and win. It's still all about that defense, right? Yeah, and it's going to continue to be that way because this offense just – I'm like. Yeah, we said it. Not, we say it every week now. I think it's we're at not the point good. Where it's just not good. <laughs> Yeah, so like we, fine, we the beginning of it's fine, but the beginning of the year we were like, oh, it's gonna come around, like they're not this bad. No, I think I'm at the point now where I just like it looks like just it, not... <laughs> it looks to me like now like the offense that we see in the playoffs from the Heat, right? Where the three point numbers kind of always tend to dip for them in the playoffs, yeah. and it just becomes like Bam and Jimmy and Tyler just yeah their way to the Heat. So like they're playing playoff style basketball. They are, and and, and that no, but honestly that that's a, that's a very good observation by you because i've talked to eric spolster about it and he's he says they've done that like they that's intentional like in the offseason they said what we were doing last regular season didn't prepare us for the playoffs their offense obviously wasn't as good in that boston series obviously boston has a good defense but they're trying to tailor the offense to be better and more postseason ready you see that with all the isolations all the pick and roll it's kind of just like playing to the strengths of bam jimmy and tyler but the result has been the regular season offense has not been good. And I don't know. I mean, you hope that that like big picture will help you down the road, but there's no way of knowing that until you get there. Yeah. All I know is right now it is one of the worst offenses they've it's had in pretty a long time. <laughs> I mean, like I like, I really love watching the heat at the end of games. Like yeah. one, because they keep playing these clutch games, but yeah. like that's when Jimmy is in his bag and you know, the, the full effort, you know, the heater, obviously are a team that always plays with a lot of effort compared to, I think the average NBA team, but like, obviously it's ramped up another notch in crunch time. Um, the heat are really fun to watch in the last five minutes of the games, but those first uh, 43 can be pretty rough sometimes. Just get me to those clutch minutes. Let's, yeah. let's get me there. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess the good thing last night was that they made threes, right? They shot, what, 40, like 45, 45% on threes, which is mm-hmm. I think the sixth time they've shot better than 40% from three all year. They did it 30 times last season, which is just insane. Um, it was like it was a weird game because, yes, yeah, their defense was good, which is like very true to their identity, yeah. the fourth best defense in the NBA right now. But the way they've been scoring really has been like mid-range in the paint. And sometimes they've been losing these games even though they're efficient because it's like mm-hmm. the two old two versus three, right? Like right. three is worth more than twos and the Heat just don't make a lot of threes. Last, last night it was kind of the same. It was like the inverse of that. Their defense was good, but they won because – they shot really good from three. They're actually like inside the arc, like they weren't good. They were mm-hmm. under 50% on two pointers. Cleveland shot almost 50% from the field, but they only scored 97 points because they shot 11 of 40 on threes. So it was like a threes versus twos type of game as well, but just the Heat were on the right side of it this time. So it was kind of a weird game. Cleveland shot six of 12 from the foul line. Yeah, well, uh, Jim, Heat, I mean, someone, Jimmy missed five free throws. Like, I can't remember did. the last time I saw him miss that many free throws in a game. He did. Both teams didn't shoot it particularly well from the foul line, but the difference was that he got 25 free throws and Cleveland yeah. got 12. And uh, like you said, the three-point shooting. Was a big the three-point shooting, yeah. I mean, If you're going to get a four for five from Caleb from three, you're in pretty good shape. Yeah, if you get a four, four or five from Caleb and what do you get from Gabe? Three for six? Like When your two uh, yeah, role players are playing that well on the road, that's it kind of looked like last year's team a little bit. Yes, you know their offense still wasn't great, but like when the role players stepping up, Mm-hmm. Um, they're getting 45% on threes, which was very much to the, the like the way last season's team shot the ball. Um, Jimmy and Bam, Bam wasn't like he he wasn't great, right? The first three quarters, like he was kind of um, he wasn't like putting up big numbers and yeah, it was kind Evan of like Mulby, a Caleb Evan Mulby was doing good, show for yeah, a while. Yeah, Evan Mulby was doing a good job on him. Um, they really had trouble like kind of establishing him there in the post. Uh, but in the fourth quarter, Bam came to life. And final five minutes, I think he was probably their best player. Three offensive rebounds, those putbacks, little jumper in the middle of the paint, and like with like two or three minutes left. Um, Bam was great down the stretch. And obviously, Jimmy didn't have the most efficient game, six to 16, but 10 of, get to the following 15 times and also have a clutch basket there that kind of sealed the game for them. Um, yeah, it was just, it was a very good win. Um, obviously the Heat's issues are like were still a thing yeah, in that they game. They had their issues, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Like and Cleveland did not play well. They shot 11 of 40 on threes. They missed half their free throws. The Heat still won by three. I'm not. I'm not diminishing the win. I'm not trying to like. It was a good win. Cleveland only had five home losses all year. Um, they're you're, you're fighting with them in the standings. You're right behind them. It's it's a very important uh, win for the Heat. But the issues, their issues are still their issues. And and you know until this offense gets better. Big picture wise, I just, I, you know, it's hard to see this team getting to where I want to get to. Yeah, I do. I, I mean, I've always respected it, but even when the offense is bad, I, I, I very much appreciate that the Heat don't just play offense like everyone else. Like it's, yeah, it's no, so different. Definitely, definitely. Um, and that's that's their identity now. I mean, and yeah. for better or worse, like I, I personally, my opinion is it's not a sustainable formula, right? Like just mm-hmm. if they're gonna shoot twenty five percent on threes and somehow win ninety eight to ninety five because they're forcing twenty turnovers, it's gonna be tough. They've done that a lot in the last month, but I think against good competition, like you're not gonna be able to win consistently that way. Yeah, it, it runs out of gas eventually. Yeah. It, it feels like, but um, it is. You know, it's another parallel. I've I've kind of drawn a lot of parallels between these this Heat team and and this Panthers team. Obviously, this Heat team is in much better shape now than the Panthers are, but 
the Panthers' whole idea coming into the year was like we need to play this kind of like uglier style because that's what you need in in the playoffs. And like you said, the Heat. It's interesting that they're kind of leaning into that same idea. Um, not, I mean, I'm sure they would love to be shooting like in the top half of the league in three yeah. point percentage. Like it's not like they're like taking not open threes. Like they're still getting their shots, but. Um, it, I, it is interesting, and I do like that they're like it, they're gonna. They're, this is what they're gonna look like in the playoffs too. And I mean, it's, you don't love that the whole idea is gonna basically come down to like how many times can you shoot forty-two percent from three, and that determines if you're gonna win a finals. But at least you've got a couple of stars who like. I mean, we've said a lot. The the one thing you could not knock about this team all year long is that their best players have been their best players. And yeah. Um, those guys, the, the the new big three of uh, Jimmy Bam and Caleb Martin um, is <laughs> uh, Jimmy Bam and Tyler is is pretty is you know that that's still gonna take win you a lot of games even sure. in the playoffs even against good teams even if you lose a series to a better team like those guys are are good enough where the Heat are gonna be competitive with everyone. Yeah, and I feel like the Heat think and they they should feel this way like they can keep it close right if it can be a close right. game which they played a bunch of close games they have confidence though with jimmy and bam and yeah. tyler like they have guys that down the stretch you can count on to get you a bucket yeah. what is their record in these clutch games now by the way i think they're 20 and 15 now uh-huh so it's they're which, you know like math says it always evens out but they're not it's not like they're outrageously good at those close games so that that part of it is not totally unsustainable either yeah, I mean, twenty and fifteen right. is probably a little better than like what the math would say you come right. up with, but not. It's not like they're like twenty and five or something. Right. It's not like they're totally outperforming in the clutch. Yeah. Um, but you, you know, have, they have which, been, which tends to be like the teams that tend to flame out in the playoffs. I think weren't the Suns like that a couple years ago? The and Suns like, were like that last year. I think they yeah, had like last year five they were like, clutch losses last year. Yeah, and then obviously crazy. they lose in the second round. Like that, those are kind of tend to be the teams that flame out or the teams that have those outrageous records in, in close games. Yeah. And again, last week was the same. I think the Heat's net rating now is still zero. Which again, <laughs> is like very much into like what we've been talking about all year. It's like, it's either glass half full, glass half empty type of thing. Like, I feel like people aren't, like you have to be on either one side. And I, I'm not saying I'm glass half empty, but I'm just, it's hard for me to be like a total optimist just because of all, like, so much of the glaring issues with the way this team is playing right now. So it's they're not great, not terrible. They're you know they're right if they're their net rating is zero, they should be fire on 500. I would say they're outperforming their net rating right and their plus minus. Some of that's because they won so many close games, but mm-hmm. you know you could argue that their record is probably a little better than it should be at this point. Did you see that? I I, I kind of don't believe how accurate the study is, but the one that the uh, I think it was like an NBA Central tweet that like the Heat fans are the most negative fans on. Yeah, Twitter. yeah, uh, yeah. I, I saw it. And like it, honestly, <laughs> someone someone I don't know how they found it, but they found the study from last year, uh-huh. and the Heat were second most negative. And last year they went to the Eastern Conference Finals <laughs> and had the number one playoff seed. <laughs> so that just showed like. Even when they were winning last year, like people on Twitter were like, "This, this is not a championship <laughs> team. You gotta gut it. Like it's not worth it. Like this build for the future. Like everyone, this is, yeah, Heat fans are crazy. <laughs> I think, I think they take pride in that. So they do. Like, they definitely do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can just imagine um, doing something like someone doing that study and being like, "Holy, holy! <laughs> like what is this? Like this, 
so many people are criticizing the Heat. Like, what is this? And it's like two or three people probably. You know, yeah, like, man, oh, these guys really hate Kyle yeah, Lowry. Really hate Kyle Lowry. God, they really think Pat Riley is like shouldn't be the president. <laughs> Gotta retire. He's too yeah. old. <laughs> um, two guys who people are not negative about anymore. They were negative about Bam uh, yeah. at one point. Uh, Jimmy and Bam, who, as I mentioned, been spectacular. Um, NBA All-Star Reserves will come out on Thursday night. Um, I think last night was a game you saw where, like, you can come out of that game and I think basically say either one of those guys is the most deserving All-Star on the team. Like, they're, it, it was just the kind of the perfect summation of what those guys do, where Jimmy's scoring in the clutch, like you said, bam, with all those clutch rebounds and obviously his defense doing all the little things. Um, I guess I'll ask you two questions. Who of these two, one, two, or b- one, or the other, or both, um, should be an all-star for this team, and who will be an all-star for this team? It's a very good question. And, like, I, in my, in a vacuum, I would say Bam and Jimmy both deserve to be all-stars. Mm-hmm. The question is, will the coaches give the heat to all-stars for a team that, you know, now they're in, what, the, the sixth, sixth seed, spot, yeah. but... They've been hovering around 500 for most of the season. You know, they're just now they're like they've jumped up the standings. Um, so I mean, teams have I, I can't think of them off the top of my head, but there have been teams in the past that have gotten two multiple All Stars and they haven't been great teams. So it's happened. It's not unprecedented. But I think that probably only one makes it. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm I'm I think Bam will be the one. I think so too. Because he's played more games and it's just he's like campaigned for it. He had a TNT performance against the Celtics uh, a week or two ago where he was awesome. I feel like um, coaches must year. love him too, right? right. Yeah, coaches like, love him. They have to. His, this is what he does on defense, even though I would say his defense has been um, it's still been great. All, still all defensive level, but it hasn't been as great as it has been the past few years, and the metrics kind of um, show that. But I, I think he's going to be the one. But I will say – I do think Jimmy has a stronger case. I really do. Um, just because of how good this team is when he is in the lineup? Yeah, I just think he's he's as great as Bam has been. I, I think they both deserve to be All-Stars. I think Jimmy is still the better player. Like, yeah, I mean, I definitely. I mean, when they both play, it's obviously Jimmy's team. Yeah. Right? There's no question and, about it. And, and the whole the huge knock against Jimmy's case is, like, he hasn't played enough games. He's, he's played in, what, 30 – 37, 38, 37 games. So he's going to hit the 40-game mark, I think, probably before the break. Mm-hmm. He should. Um, and you just look at everything he's doing. Like, I know people, they don't, you know, people don't always trust these advanced metrics, but when all the advanced metrics are telling you one thing, just kind of like with the Jokic stuff, yeah, where, like, they all love Jokic and he, because he's a, <laughs> one of the, arguably the best player in the league. Um, same thing with Jimmy. Like, ninth and... Estimated plus minus. Eighth in PR. Win shares per 48 minutes, second to Jokic. Box plus minus, fifth. Value over replacement, 13th. Like, you look at all the advanced metrics, he's a top 24 player, no doubt about yeah. it. Probably top 10. Um, He deserves to be an all-star. Like, I just, yeah, I, you know, I, Bam is the better story. Bam really wants it. Um, He's played in more games. He's helped keep the heat afloat, like, during the time Jimmy's been out. But I think Jimmy's played enough games now where he really deserves to be like really seriously considered. I think he's the better, the best player on the Heat, and 
Yeah, I, I just, I, I, for some reason, I don't know, maybe this is like a straw man. I just feel like people are overlooking Jimmy this year when it comes to All Star. Yeah, I think the fact that he um, missed, like, he missed a lot of his games earlier on when the Heat was struggling, like that. Um, yeah, obviously he's missed a handful, like here and there over the last couple of weeks, but like, I think they kind of like, like checked out on him as an All Star candidate, right? And maybe the coaches didn't. I'm just talking about like people who made yeah. like the ballots on like post them on their websites or on Twitter or whatever. Um, now at the same time, uh, it's an interesting to like, it's two ways to look at the, like the games played aspect of this. We're like one, like bam, like you said, has kept them hovering when Jimmy has been out, but like, I don't know, you don't get points for leading a 500 team basically. Right. Which is like right. in those games, I don't know what the exact record is in games with bam and no Jimmy, but like, it's not like they're still incredible. Sure, um, yeah. Whereas when Jimmy's out there, they their record is really good. Um, but at the same time, like, you know, one of the, uh, arguably the biggest reason the Heat are stuck in the sixth seed right now and fighting just to stay out of the play-in is because Jimmy's missed like 13 games sure, or yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I I would probably lean Bam just because of that, where I look at what's the biggest weakness with this team, and I think it has been the health, and Bam has been the kind of the Iron Man of as far as the stars go. Um, not to, and then obviously like he's got the the resume, like yeah, that, oh, that yeah. that's just a tiebreaker essentially. He's got the resume. Um, I mean, career but, season, yeah. But like, if you ask me who's going to be all NBA, if one of these guys is going to be all NBA, well, I guess it probably would be Bam just because we talked about the center position, but like. I think everyone knows that Jimmy's the best player on this team. Right. And yeah, I know. Yeah. Right. And I, I know all-star and best player in the team, best player in the NBA, best players in the NBA are different. Right. Yeah. But I just still think bottom line, I know availability, Bam has played in 10 more games. He's been incredible on both ends. You look at all the metrics, bottom line is Jimmy has had a better season. Yeah. And I just, that to me, I just keep coming back to that. I know some will say Jimmy has coasted a lot in, in a few games again, which I'm not disagreeing with. There are, you know, Jimmy does that in the regular season. There are games where he's just like, okay, what? Why isn't Jimmy being more assertive? Why is he only taking three shots in the first half? Like, he does that. But again, you go back to the bottom line is the advanced metrics. Jimmy has been a top 10 player in the league still mm-hmm. while he's been coasting in a few games. Yeah. So I just think, I, I think he deserves to be an all-star. But I, I don't, I'm really interested to see if the coaches give the heat to the, like the worst case scenario for the Heat is, and we've seen this with Heisman voting, they could the Heat, get zero. They could get zero, right? Because if they split the vote, if the coaches say we only want to send one, and they split it between Bam and and Jimmy, I don't think this is going to happen, but it could. I mean, it's possible, right? Like where they split it and both don't get in, um, that would be worst case scenario because they definitely one of them deserves to get in. Like yeah, it is like crazy that we're gonna get through all the All Star game this year and this is year four of the Jimmy Butler experience and. It's very possible he will have only been to two All-Stars in two of his four years. And, yeah. you know, the, we're in year four of the BAM is a star experience. And it's very possible. Like, I think everyone would agree that this guy is, like, you know, the kind of guy that you refer to as an All-Star. And it's really possible he could have only been to one All-Star game one, in this, yeah. like, star run he's on. Um, Last year was weird because he, he missed it because he was Ironically enough, he wasn't available enough because of his thumb injury. Yes, he true. missed like I don't know how much, twenty games or something like that. And at that point, that was yeah. too much. At that, you know, 
that early in the year. I remember last year we had the we were having the exact like opposite conversation last year where the Heat yeah. seed and was like, can the Heat really only have Jimmy? one All Star? Yeah. yeah, and we were saying like Bam should Bam still make it even though he's played in you know half the game so far? Yeah. Now it's a totally different conversation. But yeah, I I I think like if I'm I have to pre-write a story, which I do have to pre-write a story for tomorrow night. <laughs> And I have to predict what's going to happen. My prediction is Bam gets in and Jimmy doesn't. And maybe Jimmy gets in as an injury replacement. Yeah. Right? Like, there's always one of those guys. And Jimmy seems to be, like, if he doesn't get in, probably top of the list, I would say. Well, and his case is building, too, like I said. Yeah. Like, it's he's, he's been more available lately. He'd have been playing better, like, for a long yeah. time. I think, like you said, Bam. the narrative was Bam is the all-star. Jimmy is the star who's not playing enough or whatever. Um, and... Every week, every game he plays in, and every win that he piles up, like that, that narrative changes. Another factor is Jimmy might just not want to go. I mean, who knows? Like, yeah, I'm sure, sure Jimmy would love the recognition, but we all know how Jimmy Butler is. He goes to the All Star Weekend, the last possible like moment he can get there. I think last year he got there like 10 minutes before media day <laughs> on the Saturday, while most players get in there on Thursday night and have a bunch of like events and everything. Yeah, to, shoot like, events or whatever. Yeah. He fly he flies in as late as possible. He gets out as quick as possible. This year, you know, it's on the West Coast, far from hot weather. It's gonna be in Utah. Uh-huh. So, you know, who knows? Maybe he's I mean, coaches, I'm not saying they wouldn't vote him in because of that, but you know, that might be in the back of their minds when they're doing a tiebreaker between Bam and Jimmy. Bam has made it known he really wants to be there. Yeah. We know Jimmy sometimes, you know, doesn't really care for it. So the flight is a lot quicker to the Bahamas than it is to Salt Lake City. That it is, definitely. Yep. Okay, we wanted to wrap things up with uh, a little bit of a trade deadline preview. Technically, uh, we'll have one more episode before the actual deadline, but uh, as we all know, trade stuff kind of will start happening. Uh, this weekend into the early part of next week. Obviously, there have already been some trades. Um, what uh, what what's what's the latest in the Heat orbit? Uh, obviously, nothing nothing imminent going down. But what what do you no. have your eye on now uh, as we head into the final week before the trade deadline? They gotta find a way to shed some salary, and we've talked about this before. But they they really do not just for this season to get a little bit further under the tax, so they can maybe add some depth. And fill that 15th mm-hmm. roster spot or convert Orlando Robinson, which now I don't know yeah, if they will yeah. because news broke today about Orlando Robinson fracturing his right thumb, which means he probably will miss at least a few yeah. weeks. How many games is it where like they would have to convert him? Like that he might he's just not gonna hit that number now, probably, right? He has ten games left. So yeah. um yeah, and I, I don't know what the Heat are gonna do for now with the backup center minutes. They can go back to Deadman, right? For now. Mm-hmm. Um, but Deadman has not been good this year. They could play small and just try to survive those 12 minutes that Bam is on the bench each game by playing Haywood Highsmith at center or something, or bringing Jamal Kane from the G League and playing Jamal Kane at center. Um, or they could make a trade and add another, add a veteran center that way. Yeah, um, obviously. Yeah, also, but, Omar Yurtsevin, we should say, good yeah. news on his injury, like going to be back sooner than maybe we thought, but but for now, still an issue. Yeah, yeah, you have to you have to wait. I mean, he's not going to be back until after the break, right? At the very earliest. So you have two weeks left. You have to survive these two weeks somehow. Um, we'll see what they do. Um, but yeah, it's definitely something they could address with the trade deadline. But they have to find a way to shed salary to add, to fill that 15th roster spot, and also just for long term. I mean, Barry Jackson had a great story this week about just the luxury tax concerns moving forward. 
if they keep this roster intact and they try to bring back Max Struess and or Gabe Vincent or in, and or Omar Yurtsev next year in free agency using their bird rights, they're looking at a tax bill of like north of $50 million, which is not going to happen for a team that right now is not a championship contender. So they have to find a way to shed like Duncan Robinson's salary, for mm-hmm. instance, or Kyle Lowry's salary. One of those big contracts to really make this make the numbers work uh, moving forward. I'm not saying they're going to do that trade now in the next few weeks before the deadline, but long term they have to find a way to try to trade one of those contracts. Um, for now, I'm guessing they will definitely try to at least create some room under the tax by moving Dwayne Dedman, which is probably the most tradable contract at this point. Yeah. Um, the I think as recently as three weeks ago, we would have thought. Obviously, there's oh, you know, Kyle Lowry. His name has always been the one floating yeah. around because you know he's got that huge contract. He's older, and um, I'd say he's underachieved a little bit over the last uh, year plus at this point. Um, obviously, he's had some good moments. Was important to this team um, when they were dealing with some injuries this year as, as the one guy in there, but um, has not been worth the, the contract he's getting. Uh, just simply put, I guess. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I would have still would have said unlikely they're actually going to do anything there. But he is not, as you've noted before we started recording, just not playing in the fourth quarters of these games anymore. And obviously, it's not like he's not in the rotation anymore, but um, he's not. I mean, he's certainly they don't think part of their best five right now um, is like on a where, where is your percentage at on the likelihood here? Like how shocked would you be on a scale of one to ten if they? traded Kyle Lowry uh, by next Thursday? I wouldn't be shocked, but I'd be a little bit surprised. Like a six, seven? Yeah, like a, was this 10 the most shocked? I think 10? 10 is the most shocked. I would say, yeah, six or seven. Uh-huh. Because, yes, he's he's he has underperformed this year. I think that's obvious, right? Mm-hmm. Um, whether that's playoffs last year, obviously hurt. Yeah, yeah he was There's hurt. A lot of injuries. Yeah. Right. I still say, and we've talked about this before the season, like I think Kyle was very good last regular season. I think he was important to them getting the number one seed. I think he added something to this team that they really needed to like unleash the best. Yeah, he, of took, he totally changed your identity. He bit. changed and identity, and he was good. Stuck, yeah. He was good. Um, this year, he has not been able to match that, and his role is a little different with Tyler in the starting lineup. He's playing off the ball more than he ever has in his career. Basically, as a spot up shooter, he's not shooting the ball well from three. So, like that role, that's the real killer. To me, that's the killer. Like. In his role, he has to make threes, and he just has not shot the ball well this year. Um, so that's kind of made him ineffective. And, yeah, three of the last four games, he has not played in the fourth quarter. Gabe Vincent, I think, has played in each of those three games in his place. Or maybe Victor Oladipo. Gabe Vincent, at least, yeah. at least two of them. Gabe was in there out Victor. there, yeah, last night. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's obvious, right? So, and he's making – he's the third highest paid player on the team, making $28 million this year. Next year, he's an expiring at $29 million. Yeah, it, make, it would make sense, right, to, like – Probably for both parties, for Kyle to find a better fit for his skill set at this point, and for the Heat to find a way to to free up some money. But I just don't know if they'll like with the way things are going right now. Whether you think this winning stretch is real or not, like they're playing better, they're trending in a positive direction. You do a big shakeup like that, you know? Do yeah. you Do you really shake up the starting lineup, the rotation by making a move that big? Um, I I I tend to think they won't do it, but I think it's out of the question, right? Like, if they find a deal yeah. that makes sense, they could. I just, if I had to put odds on it, I would say it's less likely than likely. Yeah. 
What about Duncan? You, same way, basically, you feel? Yeah, I mean, injury, is, the injury obviously makes it really hard to move him right, right now. Right, right. I just, I'll always say, like, complex deals like that are less likely to happen than likely, right? Like yeah, that's more like yeah. that's more likely to happen. Yeah, that's more likely to happen in the off season. Yeah, but to me, both of these are obvious off season deals. Not just because, yes, like you said, yes. you don't want to mess with the good thing. You can argue how good the Heat's thing is right now, but it's, yeah, you know, it's been a, a good month here basically, and they're, uh, you know, once again, kind of looking like maybe even if not a title contender, one of the best teams in the league right now. Um, they're the ninth best record in the NBA. Yeah, like saying. they're they're good. It's <laughs> insane. Good. They're a good they're a good <laughs> yeah. basketball team. Um, yeah. you don't mess with the you don't like shed a, a useful player for nothing, right? right? Um, but you look into the off season where you can make it like one part of a bigger series of moves and not, and then you get the whole season to worry about it. And you know those contracts that are worth that much money are pretty useful if you're trying to trade for a, a Damian Lillard or a Bradley right. Beal, something like right. that. Like those, those contracts have value in that regard too. And Kyle isn't expiring next year. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, I know people, teams really don't use cap space anymore, but still, like there is some value in expiring deals that large. So mm-hmm. yeah, you could argue it would be more valuable next year or this offseason. Well, and and you know, like obviously, if you trade for a star player. Most of the time you're trading from a bad – you're getting a guy from a bad team or a team that's ready to kind of blow right. it up and reset. Right. And um, those it's teams don't care works. about having yeah. A, yeah. like a Kyle Lowry eating up a bunch of their salary right. for one year, and then you move on from him and can do something sure. different the next year. So, um, yeah, I feel the same way as you. To me, like I kind of – so what we said, 6-7 on the, the shocked meter um, the, of him getting dealt next week. But, like, if it happens, like, I'd almost be, like, the same level of shocked if he's, like, on the roster kind of at the start of next year. Really? It just feels like it Yeah. It makes sure. a lot of sense with that, you know, just with the salary, um, like you said, like, they got to shed salary somewhere. And the fact that he's an expiring deal, like, I think they're going to have a lot of incentive to move him next offseason. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree with that. Unless Kyle Lowry all of a sudden like right t- transforms back into the old Kyle turn, Lowry. Exactly, he could, turns into the old Kyle Lowry, and he's averaging 18 points a game and eight assists and playing a huge role down the stretch of the season. Which at this point, ha- there's nothing to believe that that will happen, right? Um, right. With kind of his fit on the team right now and the way he's been playing, um, I do know he has been dealing with a real left knee issue. At that treatment on and um, has been bothering him. Um, I don't know how much that has had a role in kind of his Well, I think he, that's the thing, right? It's the injury like can be you know? an excuse, but yeah. it's also at the age where now he's going to be hurt every year, right? Yeah, like, right. Point guards tend to get hurt when they get older. Um, I guess the the biggest thing that would make him likely to be back with the team next year is the fact that, like, as you said, Duncan is also a big salary. And if they're looking to shed salary, Duncan seems like he will have much more value than Kyle Lowry next offseason. I don't know, only because like we've talked about, like Kyle's an expiring. Duncan right. has. They're gonna have different value. They're gonna be valuable yes. to different teams for different reasons. A team that really looks at, is really looking for shooting could maybe talk themselves into that, that Duncan contract, right? Like, yes, it's not the best contract, but he does have a skill set that is very important in today's NBA. And if a team needs outside shooting, you know, yes, he you know he hasn't shot the ball well lately in the last few years. He hasn't been up to his standards, but he's still an elite shooter. Um, so he'll have value in that aspect. And I think Kyle will have value in the fact that he'll be an expiring big contract. So 
All right, I think we can close things out there. Is there anything we forgot to talk about? I think we had a, a little bit of a list coming in, but I think we hit on pretty yeah. much everything. I think um, we covered most of it. I, I'm, yeah. I'm just two things I'm really interested to watch last next few days is the All Star stuff. Yeah. Uh, Bam and Jimmy both make, or if it's just one of them, which one mm-hmm. makes it, and then how the Heat now address the backup center spot because Orlando Robinson, yeah. you know, he's an undrafted. He has limitations, yeah. but he's been he's been providing positive minutes when Bam's on the bench, which has been huge for this team yeah. because that wasn't the case uh, when when he, when Dwayne Dedman was the backup. And when it, for a team that plays this many close games, that matters. Those 10, 11 minutes when Bam's not on the court, those matter a lot. So mm-hmm. um, will they turn back to Dedman? Will they play small? Will they try to get outside help in the next few days? Um, we'll see. All right. Uh, you can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony underscore Chang. Uh, you can follow him. For all your Heat stuff, although he's not on the road right now, we'll obviously still be writing about the Heat, and we'll be back with them when they get back home. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at DBWilson2. Um, I'll be uh, up in Broward County for most of the week for NHL All-Star festivities. should be pretty fun, so check out MiamiHerald.com and, and the newspaper if you still get it uh, for all of our sports coverage, um, and be sure to I still get subscribe it. I still to the Herald Sports feed. Uh, where you get podcasts every day. Uh, Susan Miller, Degna, and I will recap signing day and the Josh Gaddis news. You got Dolphins stuff going on, obviously. Marlins making some moves. Um, lots of stuff going on. Jazz Chisholm on a MLB The Show cover. So um, we've got you covered, obviously. Thanks again, and we will talk to you guys next week.